lunch continues here on TSN 1050. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Frank Corrado with me in place of Julia Tashiri, who's out on the World Juniors beat. Uh, you can hear that game tonight, by the way, Canada-U.S. on TSN 1050. Carpet starting at 6 o'clock, puck drop at 6.30. You could also watch it on uh, on TSN. Uh, we're now going to be joined by David Alter, uh, publisher and reporter for Inside the Maple Leafs for SI Media Group, Leafs reporter. Dave, what's going on, pal? Oh, not much. You know, just uh, chilling and uh, grinding every day. How about you guys? Yeah, I guess you could say the same. I mean, I, I got a question for you, though, before we get into last night. Is is David Alter the new big man on campus with Masters off the beat? I heard you kicking <laughs> off some of those post-grain scrums last night. Yeah, it's, uh, it's totally out of my element. There's no equivalent to Mark Masters. <laughs> let's put it that way. There is just well, no... There is no equivalent to to the myth. I've known me and Mark go back, I don't know, 10, 12 years now. There's just no equivalent to that guy. The interesting is, though, like, Masters is first class, right? Like, he's got the first class travel, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm seeing you're taking the red eye home from St. Louis. You're grinding <laughs> away. Like, no one... I don't want to say no one grinds the way you do on the Leafs beat because there's a lot of hard workers on that beat, but, man, you travel. You put in a ton of hours covering this team. Yeah, and you know what? So if Mark Masters is the first-class travel guy, I'm the occasional upgrade and standby guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so while Masters has been gone, it's freed up the seat, I guess. Nice. I uh, last time we spoke to you, uh, and this will be the last one before we get into Maple Leafs talk, but last time we spoke to you, we were chatting about karaoke music, and you, know, you said that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is your go-to karaoke yeah. song. I'm curious, have you gotten out to any karaoke bars on uh, on this last road trip or at all during the holidays? No. I. Uh, <sighs> you know what's really unfortunate, too, is I was really looking forward to just kind of relaxing and unwinding in those uh, three days that we had off. And I did get to do that, but not where I wanted to be. Like I was going to go up north for a bit and just kind of unplug and disconnect. And then the weather kind of had, you know, a different effect. So I just kind of stayed home and really didn't do much like for those three days, which kind of sucked. But um, yeah, even on the road, then it was really stressful just because as you know, a lot of reporters and broadcasters had issues actually getting to St. Louis. And as a result, they couldn't get to Phoenix either. And, um, you know, just getting through that, I was just so happy to get through that, that when I, when I finally got to my hotel rooms, I just kind of hunkered down, went out for dinner, but didn't do anything crazy, just relaxed and tried to, to refresh. It felt like I had no break with the, the craziness of the travel, like right after. So it's actually been nice that they're going to be home here for, for much of the month to kind of just get settled and get into a groove here. You can give yourself a little bit of a break, too, by not singing Bohemian Rhapsody as your karaoke <laughs> song. That is that is the longest song with the most like fluctuating pitches and tones. That's quite the undertaking, and like for Austin Matthews, he's had quite the undertaking as well. He hits 500 points. He's the fastest Leaf player to ever do it. Scored a great goal last night. It's like a classic Austin Matthews goal where Puck's not necessarily in his wheelhouse, but because his shot, his release is so good, he still finds a way to put it in the net. Like When you're watching this guy play this year, and especially right now, does it just look like he's ready to break out in a big way early in 2023? 
You know, you you think so, Frankie. And by the way, that was a heck of a transition, so I didn't want to not acknowledge that. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's been something. Like, I've watched these first months, first couple months, and everyone just is kind of waiting for it. And it, it didn't really happen to the Austin Matthews standard, right? He was getting assists. He was getting some points, but he wasn't racking up the goals like he was last year and then then even in a a couple of games on the trip it kind of looked like he was there but he wasn't his dominant self he wasn't necessarily carrying the play I mean it was a bit chaotic that that road trip that that we just completed but in this game back he really looked like he was the man on the ice there in terms of pushing the play forward going back and forth on the ice the whole 200 foot game um yeah I think this could be the beginning and I think now he seems a bit more relaxed, even when talking about these point plateaus and the things that he's getting, he's actually embracing it a little bit. And I think that that kind of speaks to the fact that it has been a different season for him that really hasn't put the focus on himself like it was previously, where it was more about the team. And so now he's, he's, um, he, he's actually appreciating these individual accomplishments that are also team accomplishments, which he also acknowledges but I think he's embracing this a little bit more. And when he's doing that, he can have some fun again. And if he's having fun, I think that's going to be the turn for him that he needs to kind of put points on the board and be the dominant Austin Matthews. He's had a good season, but by his standards, he hasn't been the same dominant goal scorer that he's been in, in the years leading up to this one. Well, I just think that entire line as a whole, him, Nylander, and Michael Bunting have really been on a roll, each and every one of them, uh, over a point per game in their last you know, 20 or so games. And Michael Bunting picked up the primary assist on what was the 500th point for, uh, for Austin Matthews. He had three points last night. And there was a report that Pierre Lebrun said that the Leafs have been in touch with Bunting's camp this week. We were talking about it in the previous segment a little bit. Uh, I'm curious to think what you think those conversations might look like and you know why you think now is is the time that the Maple Leafs are are trying to engage in extension talks. Yeah, I mean the reason why they would be interested in now is just because Bunting is is starting to fire on all cylinders to the point where the longer they wait and he continues to produce the more expensive a proposition it could become to lock him down. And the issue they had in the beginning of the year when talks were kind of heating up and there were whispers of, uh, I remember Pierre Lebrun kind of throwing it out there that like an eight-year deal was something he thought about wasn't necessarily being discussed. But uh, at that point, you know, it made sense from an AAV standpoint. But a lot of the things complicating uh, the situation for the Maple Leafs in terms of finding what's a good deal for him is we just don't know what the cap number is going to be next year. Like it could be eighty three and a half million, but it could be eighty eight. Like it could go up or maybe eighty seven, whatever four and a half million plus eighty two and a half is eighty seven. So it could be anywhere in that range, depending on if the players get that that uh, debt paid off this year with league revenues, and it's by all reports, it's going to be close. And so if you don't know that and you have so many pending UFAs and you know you want Michael Bunting on, on, on the team, you kind of have to figure out, okay, we, we have to kind of start figuring out what's a good number that, that we can control over a certain amount of years before this starts to get really expensive and we run into 
a situation, and by we I'm talking about the Leafs, is where like a Zach Hyman was a similar spot where it got too expensive, they couldn't lock him down, and and they didn't have the cap space for him, and I don't think they want to go through that again. I think they they see how well that first line fits, having a a, a set winger on the first line, and then there's still some instability on that second line, even though they like Callie Yarncroke in that spot right now, that I don't think you want to go into next year not knowing what your top six looks like, and I think that's why the Leafs kind of want to figure out something with bunting here. David, it wasn't exactly a memorable night for Ilya Samsonov, and, and when you look back at his last few starts, where it really starts to tail off, for me anyways, is the one right before Christmas break against Philly in the third period. He lets in the squeaker between the legs, and you know he talks a little bit about after the game how he needs to find it, and you know he's going to vow to not let that happen something along those lines like what's the feeling like around Ilya Samsonov now that it's been you know four games and it hasn't necessarily been to the standard that he had established um, early on in the season yeah I've, I've got the sense that it is bothering him a little bit that he's been on this slide um, just kind of you know he's still affable he's still friendly He's still all the things that everyone has come to to like from Ilya Samsonov, but you know he he's very honest as well, and so he's talking about the fact that you know he he may need some sort of something different to just kind of turn his luck and then not let the luck necessarily creep into his psyche. I know today he's going to go to the Raptors game. Like, I think it's his first Raptors game ever with his wife and SDA and and SDA's girlfriend, just to kind of. You know, what he said was to just, you know, change things up a bit, do something different for, for, from a mental standpoint to kind of see if that will change things for him. And so these are the kind of things you do, especially if you're a goalie and, um, you're kind of in one that you just kind of change something, whether it's a superstition or, or a routine change or, or something to kind of get things going. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit concerning that. This is the fourth game in a row now that he's had a save percentage below 900. And uh, I thought there were times in the game, especially late, where he did look really good and helped keep the team in the game, uh, especially late in that third period and, and early into overtime. Uh, that really could have gone either way, and he made some big saves there. But I get the sense that he just needs something to go right to kind of take a little bit of the pressure off. And and he knows what this market is, but to him, he holds himself to account. You know, he still spoke after the game, and he's very honest about about what's going on. And um, I think he just needs one game where he he can get some sort of luck to go his way, where he feels that things are turning in his favor, as opposed to just everything kind of compounding. It's it's difficult with goalies, but you can definitely tell it's bothering him just a little bit. Well, I think you touched on something there where, you know, the third period he kind of locked it down and then had a couple of really big stops in overtime as well. I mean, if you're Sheldon Keefe and you see kind of he started to pick it up a little later, would you be thinking about maybe getting him another start sooner rather than later and try and build off of that third period in overtime? Or is this just a tandem platoon situation he's going to have to play himself out of only getting maybe one max two starts a week? Yeah, no, I think he's still, like, I think it's still a pretty even split platoon right now. If you look back at the stretch of games here, for the most part, they've split them pretty evenly. Occasionally, Murray's gotten one more, but, I mean, not, like, it just, 
there are back-to-back starts that a goalie makes, but then they go back with the other goalie and they flip them 50-50. So I, I'm not sure. I, I was getting the... I was starting to get the feel as practice ended that maybe they might go back with Samsonov again just to kind of make him feel better and not let this feeling kind of loom. But Sheldon didn't want to offer that intel today. So we'll have to find out in the morning skate. Um, but um, he did emphasize the fact that he felt that a lot of the problem wasn't necessarily Samsonov, that it was the defense and how it played in front and the, and the chaos around special teams. And so... Um, some of that execution needs to be cleaned up, and Ilya Samsonov had just happened to be on the wrong side of everything. I think last night he even said that just that first goal, he would have liked to kind of have a save there uh, from Samsonov. But outside of that, he was he he felt that Samsonov's performance was more of a symptom of how chaotic the defense was in front of him, and, and a lot of players even kind of agreed that second period. It, I, I kind of jokingly referred to the Toronto Maple Leafs game in 2023, like the Toronto Maple Leafs game in 2021. Like it, it seemed like there was just a lot of, you know, pushback response, response, but then run and gun, and then it kind of got a little bit disorganized. So uh, not sure what they're going to do in terms of the goaltending, but they are going to continue, I think, doing an even split here with these three games coming up. It wouldn't surprise me if Sam Solonov comes back on. He was... He didn't do any extra work afterwards. It looked like Murray was doing a little bit of extra work afterwards, but we'll know for sure at, at the morning skate. And um, But I, I think that they haven't necessarily lost any confidence in Samsonov. I think they just they want him to get in the smile more, which he has always been talking about. And so I think that's really the emphasis on him right now. I, I know it's hard to get answers on on certain things. Teams tend to keep um, you know keep things tight to their chest. But with Connor Timmons being out of the lineup, I, I just wonder how much of a priority it's going to be to get him back in the lineup because he played really well. He's he's he kind of. He did all he can do, and he doesn't necessarily deserve to be out of the lineup, but it is a numbers game now. Like, when you're watching practice, when you're around the team, do you get any sense that it's going to be a priority to make sure he gets back in, and at what expense? Like, who who comes out of the lineup? How does that shake out, and, and how delicate is that? Yeah, so Sheldon said today that uh, the six right now is probably what would have been the optimal look if everyone was healthy. Of course, Jake Muzzin, not a factor in that. So I think he was going to kind of stick with that for the time being. However, he also did say that there was a good chance that Timmons would come in for the back-to-back coming up. Um, so so I think you're going to see him in there in that regard. Um, but outside of that, I think they kind of owe it to this group of six to kind of see how they play together over a stretch because it was kind of hard to evaluate based on last night and the fact that guys are just sprinkling in and coming in, that this defensive group has only seen change uh, because of injuries, that now that everyone's kind of healthy, I think they do want to give a bit of a stretch run with this quote-unquote optimal look of six guys. So I think you're going to see this, with the exception of Timmons coming in for the back-to-back, and then they do have that stretch of games where they might sprinkle in Timmons in there as well. But it's going to be a completely on the six guys. If the Sandine Lilligren or the Giordano Hall or the Riley Brody pair start to show cracks and it's happening for stretches, they're going to make that adjustment, particularly on the back end and someone that they actually have come to like in Timmons. But they, they have identified things they want to improve in Timmons' game 
I think being here at home a lot with the development staff here is going to help in terms of correcting that. And in that interim, you're just going to see these six guys kind of be the guys unless you have more of what you saw last night. Really appreciate taking the time as always, Dave, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. David Alter, publisher and reporter of Inside the Maple Leafs for SI Media Group.